Hello, everyone, and welcome in to DC Talks Rocks. And I got to tell you, I love that my intro now doesn't have to be full of canned speech and sponsors and all of that stuff. And I'd like to be able to keep doing that. And so I did, of course, want to thank all of you for being patrons and making that possible. You've basically in a couple of weeks created a, a part-time job for me, and I'm very, very excited about that. Obviously, I would like to be able to turn that into a full-time job, so we got to keep going. If you're listening to this on a podcast app, I thank you very, very much, and do hope that you will consider subscribing to the Patreon. Just a dollar a month will get you all the articles and all the music that I do. Three dollars a month gets you all the podcasts, all the Rocky stuff, talking about the other sports, uh, the MCU and DCEU and Star Wars stuff that I do. And then higher tier patrons get some special exclusive weekly podcasts and uh, some behind the scenes content and stuff like that. But on today's show, I'm going to be talking about Brendan Rogers. I do promise you, uh, those of you who are dying for that CBA talk, I will I will get it for you. I promise. I, I wanted to get a couple of other things researched properly so I can give you a, a more complete setup on all of that. There were a few Little things that I wasn't sure on that I need to get some clarification about before, you know, I pass that information on to all of you. So I figured what we would do in the meantime is continue my series on breaking down each Rockies player uh, from the team this last year, as many of them at least as I can get to in the offseason. Did Trevor Story already? We talked about John Gray. Figured we'd go back to the position player side and talk about Brendan Rodgers, especially because this is an extension of the conversation where, you know, we were going through all the potential free agents and areas of need for the Rockies. And I've come to this conclusion during that thought process, right? That Brendan Rodgers should be the shortstop of the Colorado Rockies future. And so that's worth examining deeper and remembering just who in the heck this guy is. Let's go all the way back to the beginning uh, for those of you that maybe had forgotten or just need a quick refresher. Brendan Rodgers was the Colorado Rockies' uh, first-round pick, third overall in the 2015 MLB draft. Was considered a consensus top three talent. Uh, You know, it was the most talented high school kid on the board, and that's who the Rockies took. And it was an interesting maneuver at the time, considering they had both Troy Tulowitzki and Trevor Story in the organization, but uh, little did we know that enough time would pass and there would be Brendan Rodgers very much in line for that shortstop job. Uh, He had, again, as most of you probably know, an incredible yet injury-plagued minor league career. Uh, Didn't get in a ton of games in any individual season. In fact, the most he ever played was his second year of pro ball at a ball he got 110 games in but while the injuries were a concern he was recovering from them within the years you know he was getting games in every year at age 18 19 20 21 uh you know he, he was getting in plenty of games but he was always having these little issues most of them not necessarily related to each other but in terms of production there was no question when he would go out there on the field uh you know WRC plus, not a perfect stat. We've talked about its shortcomings, but it's great for stuff like this. Over 100 is above league average. Under 100 is below league average. And he was above league average every single year. Just going down the line for him here, 
Uh, I mean, is is getting his feet wet in Grand Junction in his first 37 games. He actually posted just a 95. Again, such an offensive ballpark, a lot like Coors. There, it's it's tough to do well. He hit 273, slugged 420, but it was just a 95 WRC plus. After that, 135, 184, 104, 129, 147. Even in a short sample size this year when he you know had the injury and had to do a couple of rehab starts in triple a to get his season started in five games he hit 467 he on based 500 slugged 600 so basically brandon rogers has destroyed minor league baseball even without a whole lot of time to play minor league baseball uh, over a 37 game stretch in triple a in 2019 he hit 350 on based 413 and slugged 622 with nine homers so he was very much pounding at the door to get to the big leagues and it has just been injuries that have gotten in his way there is of course the small sample size beginning of his career right at the major league level he gets his first 100 something plate appearances and really, even if you just go back to it's 2022, uh, the end of 2019 and the, and the beginning of 2020, he got just over 100 plate appearances and had like a negative WRC plus. I mean, it was he really hadn't done anything. He hadn't slugged. He hadn't hit any home runs yet. <clears throat> he didn't look good at the plate. And a lot of people kind of wrote him off, which I thought was really, really strange considering his body of work in the minors and his obvious skill set then again a lot of times people don't look into all of that they just look at what's in front of their face they saw a guy who wasn't hitting the baseball and assumed he wasn't going to be able to hit the baseball and that was just the long and short of it then he comes back age 24 season this year spring training and he's he's hitting he's hitting the ball at spring training it looks like yes he's going to be the guy this is finally happening brendan rogers is going to start the season and be an everyday player for the colorado rockies and he gets hurt again. And again, like I was talking about before, a m relatively minor injury, leg injury this time, not related to the shoulder or other little things that he's had in the past, all separate things. So you're not going, oh, that one nagging thing is still bothering him. But misses a couple of weeks. And because they're spring training in the beginning of the season, that really gets exacerbated because you've missed your kind of building back to full strength time and you're gonna need rehab starts but apparently he only needed five of them because he was raking and they went yep okay he looks fine let's bring him up then his first 11 games he looked like the brendan rogers that we had seen at the major league level so far just not really competing he was batting 167 on basing 250 and slugging 194 after those first 11 games and again, anyone who was paying half attention, but not full attention, enough to know that Rodgers wasn't hitting at the major league level yet, but not enough to understand the full context of the reasons why that was probably true. And there, we can get deeper into this in the future, too. Some people don't know the full story of like the first time when he made his major league debut, he'd been recovering from getting hit in the head. Like a really scary thing to be able to confidently stand in the batter's box against the best pitchers in the world just days after getting rocked in the noggin. Like there are so many things that have just contextually been working against Brendan Rodgers up to this point.
But then, starting June 4th, he just became the baseball player that most scouts and evaluators, certainly myself and, and people who have been paying attention, and, and Brendan Rodgers himself had hoped and thought that he would become. Since then, he's played 91 games, made 375 plate appearances, which is three times as many as we had seen before this, right? So <laughs> I'm not like cherry picking. It would be cherry picking to say, hey, the, the first 100 at-bats of his career. How about the next 375? Well, he hit 296, on base 336, slug 499. That's an OPS of 835. Uh, the strikeouts, 75. Not terrible. Not great. It's it's still under the league average, though. He's striking out about 20% of the time. And the 15 home runs. And, again, those of you that watched the season know that perhaps the most important part of what Brennan Rodgers did this year was that he hit on the road. And these are the most important offensive players for any Colorado Rockies lineup. I don't know if it will continue. And if there's something about Brennan Rodgers approach or swing that allows him to do this, then that is a massive benefit that's not going to be reflected in his OPS plus or his WRC plus, which both sit about league average. WRC plus has him at 100. OPS plus has him at 102. But that is a massive misnomer. And it is any time a Colorado Rockies player hits on the road. I made this point about Gerardo Parra for years because the way these stats work, they're still holding Coors Field against you when you're hitting out on the road, which is super frustrating. And I really wish the stats were built more nuanced. But yeah, basically, Brendan isn't getting as much credit when he's in an away ballpark for hits there as the home team is, despite the provable fact that it's much harder for the Colorado Rockies to hit on the road than it is anybody else. They have the worst road offense in baseball every single year. And it's not because they have the least talented offense in baseball every single year. It's because of the hangover effect. We've talked about that a lot more. I can do even more uh, this offseason if anyone's new or, or we all need a refresher from time to time. But the long and short of it is this. Brendan hit 12 of his 15 home runs out on the road. He drove in 30 RBI on the road, 21 RBI at home, 289 batting average out on the road, 280 at home, 337 on base on the road, 319 at home, 536 slugging out on the road, 404 at home. The big one, OPS, 873 on the road, 723 at home. That is invaluable to a Colorado Rockies offense who, and I don't know if you guys know this, every single year, they play half of their games on the road. Yeah. And you need to score runs in order to win baseball games. It's true. Why couldn't they win despite the fact that their pitching was really, really good? Now, it was obviously their pitching was better at home too, but they were still keeping them in games out on the road because nobody could score. And this... It's just worse when the offense has less talented. But even the team with, and I hate to you know remind you, I hate to rub it in, but even Trevor Story and DJ LeMayhew and Charlie Blackman and Nolan Arenado, that offense could not hit on the road. And those guys had extreme splits the other way. Gerardo Parra was incredibly important to that team in winning baseball games on the road because he was one of the few guys 
who actually did better out there and could help them win games. And if you watched this season, you saw Brendan Rodgers do it. This isn't just in theory. It's not just like, well, if he can continue this production, he was winning them baseball games by hitting big home runs on the road. And that's a massive thing. Like I said, it may not, he may never do this again in his career. It may turn out that it's something he does quite well, but do not even ask, underestimate, even though I think most people are very high on where Brendan Rodgers is right now and are feeling very good about a potential to, to break out or whatever. Don't even let that 100 or 102 OPS plus fool you. He had a much better season than that because of what his production was on the road. And even the ability to do that, to hit that many road home runs, it's just so intriguing, so exciting. Uh, I do like the idea now of moving him over to shortstop full-time, let him play his natural position, uh, let him stay there and do it. He's got the athletic ability, the acumen, the baseball IQ, all of those things you need uh, to play shortstop. He's not as great an all-around athlete as Trevor Story was. Almost nobody in the game of baseball is. But I don't think you're going to be taking a huge step back defensively, and I think it's the best opportunity to build your offense because, well, progress isn't linear. And I wouldn't be shocked if there's some league adjusting to him and, and his sophomore year isn't a big breakout. You know, There's a term called the sophomore slump for a reason. I'd, I'd put my money more on the other way for sure. I do think he's just going to keep getting better at this point. But I think that that allows you to build a pretty great infield offense with C.J. Crone at first, Brendan Rodgers at short, Ryan McMahon at whatever spot you want to put him at. Though, as I've said before, I would put McMahon at second base and let those young kids figure it out over there at third. I think there's a lot of talent, a lot of potential to get an above-average bat right away out of a rookie at third base. So you've got above-average bat with power at all four of your infield spots. Now, that's obviously a big if over there at third, but saying above-average bat with power is just what, Ryan McMahon and C.J. Crone have been and what Brendan Rodgers just was and is profiled to be as a prospect for a very long time. So, yeah, I'm very excited about the opportunity for Brendan Rodgers to take over full-time as a shortstop. I think that's the most exciting one. I don't think there's a free agent that's, you know, I, I hear some people talking about what if they went and got Marcus Simeon. At that point, just offer Trevor Story what he wants, though I know, you know, he said maybe he wants to go out and contend and, and he doesn't want to be here anymore. But then what makes you think that Marcus Simeon necessarily would? So I'm not a big proponent of either spending big money at short or spending big money on one player right now. I really think the Rockies should be spreading out their resources and getting several good players as opposed to one, you know, Nick Castellanos or whatever i saw the you know michael conforto's name being floated around and the price tag on him just scares the hell out of me 200 million dollars for a guy who has got pretty good slugging and walks a ton like okay and on base is great and you need it and it's a very important skill it's but it's not what i'm spending my entire budget on uh, there are other guys who can approximate that for a much more reasonable cost and so you know back on brandon rogers I think this is a great opportunity for the Rockies here. And we talk about, you know, how do teams get better from year to year? How do you improve on your win total? 
And I've often said that I feel like way too often media and fans make it about what you've acquired, what you've changed. You know, what did you bring in a new coach? Did you bring in a new free agent? Did you make a big trade? Are you going to promote a prospect? And if the Giants prove anything from this season, it really should be that one of the biggest elements of potential growth is just guys getting better. And I know some people think that that means you're, oh, you're just hoping. Like, no, no. Players getting better takes a great deal of work and effort and strategy and scouting. And we're not talking about, I'm not talking, and look, I, I really love, say, a guy like Alan Trejo, and he's just a great organizational guy. He's a phenomenal defender. You know, I would love to see his bat turn into something. Jonathan Daz is another one where he's even surprised me with how much his bat has played at the big league level, and I still don't think his bat plays at the big league level. It did for a minute there, and I was starting to go, whoa, shoot, maybe I was wrong. In fact, it, for a minute, it was starting to look like Daza was going to do what I always thought Tapia was going to do and be better at it. Fell off. We'll see. We'll find out. But I'm not counting on those guys to become offensive stalwarts for the Colorado Rockies. We're talking about a player with the athletic ability and pedigree of Brendan Rodgers, a third overall pick in the draft for a reason. A guy who destroyed minor league baseball for a reason. Those pitchers weren't letting him do all of that. I promise you. Still a long way to go, and everyone's got to prove themselves at the major league level. But And I wrote an article to this effect at the beginning of this last season, specifically talking about guys like Rodgers, Robert Stevenson, Jordan Sheffield, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but think, uh, you know, and Elias Diaz is the kind of thing you don't necessarily know and you can't count on and you'll see what's going to happen. That's a bigger leap of faith. But saying, let's pour some resources into giving Brendan Rodgers every opportunity he has to succeed as our kind of cornerstone shortstop, everyday shortstop for a major league baseball team. And if he takes that next step forward, and becomes the kind of borderline star-level player that we know he can be. And I will still say this same thing for Ryan McMahon is in this camp, too. And I actually think that's the best avenue, even if the Rockies play this offseason as well as I think they could. You know, they go and get me my Starling Marte and my Mark Canna, and they rebuild their bullpen, and they do all of that. I think then they've built themselves a team that's an 80-win ball club that could get into the 80-plus, potentially. You know, they, they could get into the wild card or an expanded postseason. We'll see how all that's going to look. Where I think they become a potential actual threat again, where I would get real interested. The thing that will take them to that next step won't be acquiring the right players. It won't, uh, maybe in the bullpen. That That's still a big thing. But as far as the rest of the squad, it's going to be if those two guys in particular Rodgers and McMahon can reach their full potential. This team, yes, has the ability to surprise quite a bit of people because that's the kind of progress the outside world tends not to think about or expect. The same way we didn't with the Giants because you can't point to a specific reason why guys just got better. They can. They can all tell you what happened. 
you know, but from the outside perspective, it doesn't make as much sense. So I'm very excited. Uh, somebody asked me the other day on Twitter, who's the young player that I'm most excited to watch next season for the Rockies? And it has to be Brendan Rogers because there's so much potential there. Now that he's shown he can hang, right? It's like there's all these levels in your career. Prove that you belong in the draft. He did that. Prove you belong top 10, top five in the draft. He did that. Prove you belong in pro baseball by showing up and competing, not just against high school kids anymore. He did that. Show you can compete at double A. Show you can compete at triple A. He did that. Show you can compete and just hang at the major league level. Took a minute, but he's done that. Now, show you can excel at the major league level. I think he's going to do that. So thank you all so much for hanging out with me for this one. We'll keep running through the players one by one throughout the offseason, doing other news and notes and interesting things that are coming up in the world of baseball. As you know, I'll be covering all the comic book stuff and Star Wars stuff and pro wrestling and having a lot of fun here on the Patreon every single day. So I appreciate you all for subscribing and spreading the word. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. I I keep forgetting to mention that. we got another top 10 coming up very, very soon. So please like, share, and subscribe to the top 10s on YouTube. That's a totally free thing. Uh, I do appreciate you all so, so much for being absolutely awesome out there. You know I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.